Curriculum Associates presents the Extraordinary Educators podcast with host Danielle Sullivan and Sari Laveris. Hear tips, best practices, and successes to improve your teaching and leadership and drive student growth and learning. We're here for you. Hey, everyone. This is Sari. Hi, it's Danielle, and welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. And today we are speaking with one of my colleagues, Joe Kuprak. He is a national director at Curriculum Associates, and he is a lifelong educator, teacher himself. He's been in the education space, I think, his whole career. Um, he's a super awesome father, coworker, and we are really excited that he's sharing his expertise and things that he's learned around talking to students about their learning. What? Yes. <laughs> and some really great best practices, tips, systems, and sort of um, mindsets that you can incorporate into how you talk to students about data and make that a living system in your classroom. So we hope you enjoy it. Here is our conversation with Joe. Welcome, Joe. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome. So Joe, tell us a little bit about some things you've been thinking about recently. Oh my gosh. So many things. So Last week, I spent a lot of time kind of digging into the new California framework for mathematics. Um, and it was it was kind of amazing because all of the things that I've been doing in education and I, you know, I was a classroom teacher for 23 years and then, you know, moved into curriculum development and then have been working in the publishing industry. And so just it, it was kind of a, an affirmation of all of the things that have been important for so long, focusing on children and the fact that all students come to us and they are pre-wired for foundational mathematics and foundational communication. And then as teachers, it's our responsibility then to connect those ideas together and extend them so that they can understand, you know, uh, formal mathematics, formal language, reading, writing, all of those things. But to get back to that, you know, foundation that intrinsically they come to us just ready to go. And, and we just need to capitalize on that. So I'm thinking about that. What are some ways that we can either oper like I love how you just said capitalize, but operationalize, really systemize all the words, eyes that ended eyes. How do we help do that? What are some actionable things that you've been thinking about? Yeah. So the the big thing is this: as teachers, every year, you know, we get a we get a new batch of of students, and you look at it all of those faces, and you're trying to figure out, you know, who's who's who, what's what, you know, which which are the students that uh, that you're gonna totally bond with, which are the ones that you're gonna struggle with, and the the biggest thing is being able to identify where students are when they come into the room, and and the thing is, they're they're not all coming to us equal. You know, they have little gaps in understanding that, you know, either that was the the week that they were out sick or, you know, that was the week that they had to stay home and watch their brothers and sisters. Or, you know, there's so many things that impact their ability to learn everything that we expect them to know when they come to our, for example, fourth grade classroom and, and to be able to identify first off where those gaps in understanding are either because they never learned it or they were never taught it and then to try to to try to be able to come up with a plan uh, have a conversation with them about where those gaps are and then what we can do collectively to work on filling those gaps in love to dive more into the conversation piece so for teachers who are listening how do you recommend this happens you know there's there's only so little time in a school day. They have about 30 students. Middle school teachers might have, you know, 90 or so. How how do you find time to to meet with students and what does that kind of look like in the classroom? 
Yeah. So the level setting can happen within the normal conversation within the class. So whole class, you can make sure that students understand what the process is, right? That, that we are looking to help them in finding those challenging areas for them or the areas where they, they need assistance. And, and if we have a student that is at or above grade level, then same thing to, to be able to find the challenges for them. But you can level set that up front and just tell the whole class everything so that then when you're working with individual students later, you, you don't have to go through all of that foundational stuff. So, you know, whole class or whole group, you do that big level setting. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a conversation. What I want you to think about is what you can do. And, and the same thing is to bring families into that as well, right? That we need to make sure that caretakers, whoever it is that that child goes to outside of school, that they understand the process as well. And maybe that's a, a letter or during family night or whatever. Then when it comes time to actually have those conversations, it's easy enough to find a few minutes here and there when you have students working outside of the, the lesson. Obviously, you know, we need to make sure that we're instructing. But then once students move to more independent, whether it's a rotation or a center or whether they're working on you know homework or practice within class, whatever it is, you can pull students one or two at a time and then just have a quick conversation based on data that you pulled, information that you have from having uh, PLC conversations with prior year teachers, and then it, it doesn't become so daunting because now it's a quick process. The students know what's expected of them. Generally, you know, we, we give them a form or something that they can begin to fill out that we've already started pre-filling out. And so the actual time that you're taking student by student becomes much shorter. You're not going through the entire process with every child, you know, because that, that can end up taking a, a big chunk out of your day. Thank you for that. And I'm curious because you have a lot of experience in education and in your travels, are there like three tools that you've noticed or three absolute best practices? Like you, what I just heard you say is maybe there's a form they could fill out. It, if they have the structure, it doesn't take a lot of time. But if, is there certain, have you noticed data folders really working or a notebook or a certain or certain questions that teachers ask? Like what are kind of your greatest hits of things that you've seen? Yeah, Danielle, that's awesome. So um, th there are consistencies, right? They, you call it whatever you want to call it, a portfolio or a, or a data folder, whatever it is. It, it doesn't matter, but you need to have a consistent place that students can go to find information, that families or caregivers can go to find that information, that teachers can go, administrators, counselors, literally everyone in the boat has to be rowing in the same direction, right? And so however you collect those. So the first thing I would say is this, you have to have good data, data that informs where students are and allows you with that level of granularity to kind of identify the needs. That's the first thing. So once you have, you know, kind of that, that guide, you know, that, that GPS map, whatever you want to call it, then it's about having everyone stop, think, and, and plot something, write something down, right? And so having a form that students, depending on their level of sophistication, can actually add to. Now, maybe that's the teacher sitting down grabbing those notes or a, a parent helper in class for our younger students. Um, for middle school students, you know, Sarah, you mentioned middle school students, they can absolutely write. They 
if you ask a student, what is it that you struggle with mathematically and give them some time to think about it, they'll tell you, and they are blatantly honest, right? That, uh, oh, I, you know, I, I never learned how to multiply. I still multiply my fingers real quick, you know, but I, I, I don't have foundational facts or whatever that happens to be. So now you have the insight of the student themselves you have the insight of hopefully prior grade teachers that you can have that conversation, but getting that written down. So first the data, then having a form, and then making sure that everyone understands that's a living document. It's not, you know, we sat down, we talked about this and that was it. As you're going through teaching, students are going to remember things. Oh, I forgot that I don't know how to do that, right? Those things are going to come up and we need to be able to adjust on the fly and identify those needs. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so powerful to think about like this, this kind of living artifact of their learning and where they're at, where they need to go. That's accessible for all of the different parties involved in their educational journey, right? So their their families themselves, their teachers. So thank you so much for all of that, Joe. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. Really appreciate you being here and talking about all things data chats with us. Get inspired by following us on social media and please tag us in your posts on Twitter at Curriculum Soch and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Subscribe where you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to help more educators like you join the conversation, please leave a review. And remember, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators Podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Whiteboard Geeks. Social media by Atsdy Hannon. Guest booking by Sari Laberis. Production by Haley Browning. This podcast is copyright material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Curriculum Associates.